Another episode of the John Williams Show. This one is going to be slightly more actionable than the previous episode where I gave you the clickbait title of what is the best diet. And what I pretty much did at the end was say, we don't know. If you want to go check out that episode and learn more about this state of the nutrition industry today, go check that out. It was an interesting one, although like I said, by the end of it, I didn't really leave you with anything actionable other than four simple rules you can follow to cover most of your bases when it comes to eating a quote-unquote healthy diet, something that we're really not sure uh, exists yet. There's so much conflicting uh, research behind that, and everybody's cherry-picking every direction. But if you want to go check that out, definitely do. It was an interesting episode, and I sort of talk about the things I've been seeing in the nutrition space uh, and how we see a lot of it conflicting. Uh, To give you a little bit about my background Uh, We are going to be talking about how to work out to build muscle today. Just so you know, I am a trainer. I do small group training here at the gym that I own. I have my degree in exercise science. I've been a trainer for about four years now. And I I know a little bit about building um, muscle. I've done it with a lot of the clients that I work with, obviously, It's many people's goals to train to build muscle. So a lot of my programs center around building more lean muscle. And I've also had some personal success building muscle as well. And I'll speak to that a little bit. You know, very recently back in March, um, I gained about 20 pounds of pure muscle over the course of about three months. And, you know, by the end of it, I increased my deadlift by, I would say, about 100 pounds to 455 uh, my squat max was a 425. So I definitely know how to get bigger as well. Uh, you know, just personally, I've been able to apply the same principles that I learned in school and they work. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I want to leave you guys with some really simple, actionable advice by the end of this to get out there on your own and do workouts for yourself that promote muscle building and really do it efficiently. So you're not floundering around in the gym. And we'll also speak about some of the people who this type of muscle building training is more geared towards. It's actually a much broader percentage of the population than you think, and it probably includes you. So if you think, hey, I don't really want to build muscle, I just want X, Y, or Z, we might end up talking about you here at the end, and you might realize, actually, I also want to build muscle. So let's get into it. Let's start with what it means to build muscle. There's this thing called hypertrophy, uh, and hypertrophy is the enlarging of muscle cells. And in order to get hypertrophied muscle cells, we need to do a few things in our training to stimulate that. But hypertrophy happens. So when you are, um, let's just go back to like muscles and what's going on here. So in your body, you have muscles, and these muscles are created out of muscle fibers, These muscle fibers are created of a whole bunch of strands of muscle cells. Muscle cells are not like a normal cell that you'd see that's like a little circle. It's a long filament, right? A long uh, string that has a whole bunch of unique properties. One of which is it's able to slide over other muscle cells in order to shorten it and lengthen. So it's it's got that going for it. And one of the things we have in the exercise science field is this thing called the sliding filament theory. So the way your muscles contract in order to like lift things, right? When I say like, you know, make a muscle, right? 
flex your bicep, squeeze your arm, is these muscle fibers are sliding on top of one another in order to shorten the position of that joint. So it's taking the origin of the joint and the insertion of the joint and bringing those two things closer together. So if I take my arm and I bring it up, um, that muscle is contracting. Those filaments are sliding on top of one another in order to create that shortening. And when we want to build muscle, we want hypertrophy of these muscle cells. You actually don't increase the amount of muscle that you have. You have the same amount of muscle cells, but what happens when you train is these muscle cells get larger. Uh, so well, when you do certain types of training, not all types of training. And so hypertrophy and its root cause is lifting weights in certain ways in order to make these muscle cells grow and um, losing my train of thought, thought just a little bit. But let's, uh, let's talk about when you see somebody in the gym who's really muscular, um, what do you notice about them lifting, right? When you see somebody who's really big, you'll notice that they're lifting like moderate weights. Maybe it's a little bit heavier than what you normally lift, but it's not any crazy weight. You'll see them doing a bicep curl with like, a, let's say a 40 pound dumbbell or doing an overhead press with a couple of fifties. It's not like big people are lifting crazy weight all the time, but what you'll see is they don't move the weight all that fast either. They're lifting these moderate weights, right? Something that's maybe just a little bit more than you could do, but you could see yourself very soon being able to lift those as you continue to get stronger. And then you see them lifting kind of slow. Like they're not just hammering away, especially people who have really nice physiques when you sort of look and admire, um, you know, somebody's physique and you're like, oh, I'd like to look like that person. You'll, you'll notice these things. You'll see moderate weights lifting them slowly. So the question is then, how are they so big if they're not lifting a lot of weight? How do they get these large muscles without lifting a lot of weight? I thought lifting heavy weight causes hypertrophy, right? Causes this muscle growth. And that is actually not the case all of the time. It, so when it comes to training, you could stimulate muscles in a few different ways. You can stimulate muscle adaptation in a few different ways. You can either stimulate muscles to improve endurance. This is called muscular endurance, right? We know about endurance when it comes to our heart, our heart being able to pump more oxygen throughout our body. However, your muscles can also have endurance. It's probably not that hard to imagine. Um, and there's two things that happen when you train to improve endurance. And this is not the focus of our conversation. Our focus of today is talking about how to stimulate hypertrophy. But I want to talk about the three different ways we can stimulate uh, muscles and adaptations of muscles. And then we'll, we'll focus more on hypertrophy here in a moment. When you stimulate muscles for endurance, when you train to improve endurance, what you're doing is you're converting muscle cells from one type to another. It's actually from type 2 to type 1. These type 1 fibers are more built to last longer. Uh, they typically don't hypertrophy and get really large. They're usually like, if you look at a marathon runner, right? They're not these giant jacked people. They're usually really lean and uh, they don't have very large muscles. And then you're also increasing the oxygen carrying capacity of that muscle as well. So the amount of hyper, uh, mitochondria that's in a cell, you're improving that. The second thing we can do with muscles is we can stimulate muscles to increase strength and power. These are mostly neurological changes. They don't have much to do with hypertrophy. However, we also see people who are strong and powerful be pretty big. But now what we're doing to get strong and powerful 
is changing these type 1 fibers or a certain type of type 2 fibers. There's two types, type 1 and type 2. From type 2 or type 1 to type 2A, you may have heard of fast twitch muscle fibers. These are your type 2A fibers, and these get built when we train for strength and power. Now, what you'll notice about a lot of really strong, powerful people, let's take an Olympic sprinter as an example. They are muscular, right? They're, they're, they have fairly large muscles if you compare them to the normal person. But if you compare them to, let's say, you know, an amateur natural bodybuilder, they might actually be a lot smaller than these people. Like if you look at Usain Bolt, he's not super large, right? He's not popping buttons in a, in a you know, and not a relatively slim shirt. He can fit into normal clothes. But he is really lean. And what he has more of is these type 2A fibers, which are all fast twitch and built for strength and power. So he's able to put a lot of force into the ground. He probably squats a ton of weight, probably even more than these amateur bodybuilders, but he doesn't have these massive muscles. And he's not training to have massive muscles. He wants to be light and efficient instead of big and uh, not able to fit through doorways. The other thing we can do with muscles, so we talked about stimulating them for muscular endurance and then stimulating uh, changes and adaptations for strength and power, is we can do what we're talking about here in this podcast, stimulating muscles to increase their size, which is, like I said, is called hypertrophy. What we want to do is we want to take any type 1 fibers and type 2A fibers and convert them to type 2 fibers, which are slightly different, and we want to make them larger. We don't care if they're strong and powerful. We don't care if they have a whole bunch of mitochondria in them. We want them to just be bigger. And what does training look like in order to stimulate this hypertrophy? We'll talk about training for muscular endurance and strength of power in other episodes. But if we're talking about stimulating muscles for just hypertrophy, right, just being larger, which if you think about is most people's goal, right? Most people are, they don't have quite enough muscle, so they don't like the way they look because they don't feel like they have a lot of definition. They don't have quote unquote tone, which is a conversation we can actually jump into today. Like what is tone? Um, if that even exists at all. But what does training look like if we want to stimulate hypertrophy, which is probably most people's goal? We need to think about four things. We need to think about, and this is true of all different adaptations, and these are the things we're going to cover with hypertrophy training. We want to think about rep ranges, right? So how many reps are you doing per set? Like if I'm doing a bench press, am I doing 12? Am I doing 15? Am I doing, you know, five? How many reps am I going to do in that set? I want to think about the weight I'm putting on the bar, right? Do I choose something really heavy that I can only do five times? Or do I choose something moderate that I can do 12 times? You want to think about rest periods. So how long am I going to wait till the next, next rest period starts? And then we're going to talk about program style. How do I structure my program to make sure I'm spending the best time possible building the muscle that I want to build? So when it comes to hypertrophy, what we are trying to do, coming back to the beginning conversation about hypertrophy in its root cause, is we're trying to cause micro damage of your muscle cells that can be built back up, but built back stronger. So one of the things I talked about in a podcast uh, with my business partner, Chris, is we talked about a hormesis. Hormesis is putting your body into stressful situations and then getting it to adapt and overcome these situations. We're doing the same thing when we train for hypertrophy by breaking down muscle tissue in the order 
in, in, in order for it to build back up again, right? We want to cause this hormesis so that we tear down these muscles and then they build up, but they build back stronger and bigger. And so in order to do that, what we want to do is choose rep ranges, weight, and rest periods and program styles. They're going to optimize for just this goal. We're causing other hormetic effects when we train for muscular endurance and strength and power. But the goal here is to cause these micro tears and this micro damage to these muscle cells in order to make them larger. So when it comes to rep ranges, what we want to do is we want to choose rep ranges between 6 reps and 15 reps, really more like 6 to 12, but you can throw some 15s in there as well. Um, although that's on the higher end, that might be more towards muscular endurance. And the reason we want these rep ranges is because we want to cause enough muscular fatigue, right? When you're doing your reps, you want to cause enough of that burning um, to stimulate these muscle tears. But you don't, want the weight, you don't want the reps to be so high and the weight to be so low that you're not actually damaging the muscle. You're just causing it to want to increase blood flow to the muscle. So now when we know we're doing 6 to 12 reps, what weight do we use in order to do that? Well, this is a tough question. Right, what I'm going to say is the scientific uh, research-backed answer, which is anywhere between 67% and 85% of your one rep max. But you probably don't know what your one rep max is, nor do you even know what that term means. So one rep max means how much weight can you lift one time? Like, you know, that's all you have in the tank. And like I said, I have a 455 deadlift and a 425 squat, so I know what my one rep max is, so I can take 67% of that, and then train for hypertrophy, but you're probably not going to know. So what you need to be doing is recording the weights that you use to figure out where do you get fatigued by the end of a set of 10 or 12 or 8. If you know where you get fatigued, then you know you're in a good weight range for that rep range. So let's give an example. Let's say I'm doing a dumbbell bench press. And I'm going to start uh, cautiously because I've never done this exercise before if I'm a beginner weightlifter. And I'm just going to grab a couple of 20-pound dumbbells. And I'm going to go and I'm going to do as many reps as I can. Let's say I get 20 reps with these 20-pound dumbbells. Well, we know if I want to build muscle, that's going to be too many. So I need to decrease the amount of reps and increase the amount of weight. So now I'm going to grab some 25s. Okay, I can get 15. Let's go up from there. Okay, I'm going to do 30s. Okay, now I can only get 12 reps. And that last rep was really tough. I was really struggling to get the weight off of my chest. Now we know, okay, 12 reps seems to be a good amount of weight in order to, uh, or 30 pounds seems to be a good weight in order to get my goal of 12 reps. Again, the 12 reps being the range we want to work in order to stimulate hypertrophy. So as far as the weight goes, you're going to have to experiment to see which weights are heavy for the rep range you're shooting for, and the rep range you're shooting for is 6 to 12. Then we want to talk about rest periods. So we are trying to stimulate muscle damage. So we cannot have rest periods that are too long because then we're not going to cause enough fatigue to cause enough damage to cause enough building back better. Uh, I, I don't mean to you know, quote uh, Biden on that one. So our rest periods want to be between 30 seconds to 90 seconds. That's our typical rest period um, for building muscle, for training for hypertrophy. 
the reason we want these rest periods, like I said, is we want to cause maximum fatigue while still being able to operate at these moderate rep ranges with this moderate weight. Uh, so that's really all there is to rest periods. So between your sets, you don't want to sit there for only five seconds or 15 seconds, right? You don't want to be doing like high intensity interval training. You want to be sitting there for, let's say a minute, minute and a half, and then do your next set. Then you do your next set, you get your 12 reps, you wait for a minute and a half, you do it again. And if you notice the reps are tapering off, like you started with 12, then you only got 10, then you only eight, that's okay. Uh, that means you've probably chosen a weight that's hard enough, and next week you do that same weight, and hopefully you can do more. The other thing I want to talk about before we discuss program style is tempo. So like I said, you're going to see these guys in the gym, these men and women who are really muscular, who have physiques that you crave, and you see them lifting these moderate weights, weights that probably aren't much heavier than what you're lifting, and uh, you see them moving really slow. The reason they're moving slow is because they're, again, trying to stimulate this muscle tissue breakdown. And where this happens, right, where the money is made is on the lowering phase of your movement. So this is also called the eccentric portion of your movements. Let's take a, let's take a bench press, right? When I'm lowering the dumbbells down in a bench press, that movement is lengthening muscles, right? I'm going down. I'm feeling a stretch in my chest. These muscles are lengthening. That is where I'm going to create the most amount of muscle tissue breakdown. Think of like taking a cable and pulling it at either end. That's basically what you're doing. And, and you know, the, the cable starts to fray. That's what you're doing in a bench press when you're lowering down. And what we want to do is we want to make that period as long as required to get hypertrophy. So we're looking at about two to three seconds of a lowering phase of that eccentric phase in order to really start to cause that fraying and that muscle tissue breakdown and tearing. Once we have lowered for about two seconds at the bottom of that movement, okay, now the bar or the dumbbells are at my chest. I want to pause for about a second. I'm going to hang out there one, two seconds on the way down, pause at the bottom for one second, and then I'm going to drive up for about another second. So now you have about four total seconds per rep. And when you're working at about four total seconds per rep, these are moderately slow reps that are going to cause a lot of fatigue. So by rep 12, when you've been working for 48 seconds, you're going to have a whole bunch of burning in your muscles that is cueing you to say, hey, I'm causing muscle tissue breakdown. When you lift really heavy weights and you only do it for one to three reps, you are not going to feel the same amount of fatigue that you feel when you do these moderate weights slowly for 12 reps. So that's the tempo that you want to choose. It's called a 2-1-1-0 tempo. And also, I don't want you to pause at the top of the movement. So when you get to the top of your bench press and your arms are straight, I want you coming right back down two seconds, pause at the bottom for one, and then a one-second concentric. Now we want to talk about program style. So you've probably heard of high-intensity interval training classes, Maybe you've been to an Orange Theory class before. Maybe you've been to CrossFit before and you've done some Olympic weightlifting. But what sort of program style optimizes for hypertrophy? And again, just look at the bodybuilders that are in your gym. What are they doing? You're going to see them do one exercise and then they're going to wait. And then they're going to do a second set of that exercise. And then they're going to pause. And then 
then they're going to do a third set, and they're going to pause. Maybe they do a fourth set, maybe they move on. And then they're going to do another exercise. They're going to pause in between. And they're going to do that for about eight to 12 different exercises, depending on how much time they have to spend in the gym. This program style, this either singular exercise or superset focused uh, type of training is what's going to be best for hypertrophy where you have these good rest periods, you're focused on one lift at a time, and then you move on. The other thing you can do is you can add some supersets in there. So let's say you do a bench press and a you know bar, uh, bent row with some dumbbells, or you do a bench press and some tricep extensions, right, to really light up your triceps. These can be little combinations you can throw in there, but for the most part, you're going to spend most of your time going from one exercise to the next to the next for about three to four sets of each exercise. Getting eight to 10 exercises per uh, workout is probably going to be the appropriate total volume, right, the total amount of weight lifted to stimulate enough hypertrophy um, where you'll see some progress over time if you're training five to six days a week. So we've talked about now rep ranges. You want to be six to 12 reps. Ideally, the weight is going to be moderate where the last rep of your six to 12 is challenging, right? You're not, you could not only lift it for three reps and you're not getting it up for 15 or could do it for 15 if you so choose. Your rest period is about 30 seconds to a minute and a half. So 30 to 90 seconds. And then your program style is mostly doing single exercises back to back and then maybe throwing in some supersets in there. You don't really want to do much circuit training or high intensity interval training when you're trying to build muscle. It's just going to be counter to what you're trying to accomplish. You're, if you're throwing in a lot of circuits and you notice yourself you're out of breath quite often or if you're doing high intensity intervals, what you're going to see is all of these type 2 fibers that you're trying to build are just being converted into type 1s, and you're not going to see the muscle growth that you intend to see if you want to focus on building muscle in the gym. So now the question is, you're thinking about building muscle. Well, okay, I don't want to be too big. I don't want to be too small. Like who, who benefits from hypertrophic-focused training? And I would say almost everyone. I think... Hypertrophy-based training, the training we just talked about, 12 reps, minute and a half of rest, single exercise going down, these nice controlled tempos. Uh, I think this is the type of training that meets most people's goals most of the time. Why is that? Right? Why is this for almost everybody? Because you know, there's some people, there's some women out there who don't want to be bulky. There are some men out there who don't want to be too big. Um, and there's some old people out there who don't want who want to focus on you know having a getting a lot more cardio in or whatever the case might be. So I think I don't think this is this is proven that having more lean mass boosts your metabolism. And this is actually not very complicated. It's a pretty simple uh, physiology question. If you have so muscle burns energy, right? We know that fat isn't burning energy. It's storage on our body to be used another day, but muscles are constantly burning energy. And we always talk about having a fast metabolism, having a slow metabolism, and most people want a fast metabolism so they can eat whatever they want. If you want a fast metabolism, you better have a lot of lean mass on you. You better have a lot of muscle mass on you because the more muscle mass you have, the more energy you're going to burn just seated, just sleeping, um, just walking around throughout the day than somebody who has less muscle. Uh, having this increased metabolism 
gets you away from having to do more cardiovascular training to burn calories. Now, why is that? Because your basal metabolic rate, right? If you were to do nothing in a day, you would just sit down all day, laying in bed, watching Netflix. The amount of calories you burn, let's say it's 1,500, that's your basal metabolic rate. You want that number to be as high as possible. You want it to be 2,000. You want it to be 2,500. You want to be burning energy all of the time, and having larger muscles helps you do that. A lot of people want to go and do cardio and burn 500 calories or burn 750 calories. Well, you know what's better is having more muscle on your body so that you can just burn those calories in everyday life without having to do any extra work for it. And having larger muscles helps you do that. So if you want a faster metabolism, having more muscle and training to build muscle is going to be part of your plan. The other thing is increasing lean mass or increasing your muscle mass is going to improve your appearance. It's going to make you look better. It's going to make you look good naked. We all know when we watch a movie and we see some hot person take off their shirt, the reason they look hot and slender and good is because they have what we perceive as tone. This idea of tone is actually a fallacy. Muscle tone is actually muscle activity. And we have misappropriated this word to mean like muscle tone, like muscle definition. Muscle definition, right, when we see somebody who's quote-unquote cut up, um, who looks lean, they have less body fat and more relative muscle mass on their body. And they look smaller even though they might actually weigh more than you think because muscle is more dense than fat. So if you're have a lot of fat mass on you, you're going to cover a lot more area because fat is not all that dense. So you might have a person who's 130 pounds, let's say a woman who's 130 pounds and five foot four, who can't fit into certain clothes, but somebody who's 130 pounds and let's say 17% body fat versus the other person, let's say they're like 35, who looks a lot smaller, even though they are the exact same weight. So you want more lean mass to improve your metabolism and to improve your appearance. Muscle tone is not a thing that exists. Muscle definition does exist, and having a low body fat percentage is the thing we actually see and we perceive of as tone. Um, the other thing about training to build muscle is it's actually optimized for good movement. So we talked about this tempo, right? This two-second two second pause and then uh, driving up for one second. So this two-second lowering, rather, the one-second pause and then the one-second concentric, the one-second driving up. And this, rep, uh, this tempo is really good for you learning movements. So it's really good for, let's, let's just call it your muscle memory. Um, there's some neurological things going on. When you do strength train, where you get a lot more efficient, your muscles get, quote-unquote, smarter. And having a nice, slow, controlled tempo helps with that. Also, the rep ranges help with optimizing movement because it's a lot of reps. I mean, if you're doing 12 reps per set, you're going to feel like you're there forever. It's 48 seconds. And that amount of reps is going to give you right, the, the reps in order to learn the movement. Right? We talk about reps uh, in sports. Oh, he needs to get more reps in so he can learn how to shoot better. We talk about reps in work. Oh, I, I just need more reps working on this type of project or doing solving this type of problem, and then I'll get better at it. The same is true in the gym. You need more reps in order to get better at movements. And working in a hypertrophy 
uh, range, 6 to 12, especially the 12 side of the things, is going to help you learn these movements better and more uh, effectively. Also, the weight is moderate, right? We already discussed this. Like the weight isn't so heavy that you're struggling after three of them. This lower weight, right, this moderate weight is going to be a low enough health risk that you're not going to be too worried about causing injury, although injury is always something we want to look out for. And the main thing we want to fix, uh, use to mitigate injury risk is moving well. But when we don't move well yet, we don't want to put such heavy weight on the bar or hold them in our hands such that we hurt ourselves. So the weight in a hypertrophy program is low enough uh, in order to at least mitigate some of the injury risk that we do when we get heavier weights on the on the bar. Um, and then also, like I said, that 2110 tempo is great for optimizing movement patterns. So the question then is, what are the misconceptions people have um, about uh, this form of training, this hypertrophy training? And we sort of discussed them briefly, uh, one of which was ladies are worried about getting bulky and people are always worried about burning calories in their workouts. And they don't feel like when they do this type of training, they actually burn calories, right? They're not out of breath. Um, you know, they actually feel like they don't really feel all that tired when they leave the gym, but then the next day they'll feel really sore. So how can we break down these misconceptions? So like we said, muscle tone is not a thing. Muscle definition, good body composition are things. Those things are real. And to build enough muscle to get bulky as a woman with very low levels of testosterone is really challenging. I mean, you're talking about really dedicating most of your life to this bodybuilding pursuit and then also optimizing your diet in order to build muscle. And the women you see who are too bulky, uh, who you perceive as too bulky, are training multiple hours a day every single day of the week. And if you're not doing that, you don't have to have this fear of getting bulky. You training in this sort of way that I discussed is just going to make you look better. You're just going to have more muscle mass. Um, and that muscle mass, you're going to have more definition and you'll have a better body composition overall. So if anybody has any specific question, any women out there about getting bulky and that fear, um, I can definitely have a longer conversation about it. But it's just, unless you're training a lot, it's not going to happen. Uh, you're just going to look better. Then the other thing is people are worried about burning calories in their workout, right? If they leave the gym and they say, let's say they burn 400 calories in their workout and they're used to burning like 750 by doing a, a hit class or jumping on the treadmill for an hour. Like I said, the goal should be to have a higher basal metabolic rate, to have a faster metabolism versus just burning calories in your workout. Because you burning an extra 1,000 calories from just sitting around and doing nothing and carrying more muscle mass is way better than you having 750 calories burnt in a workout. So optimize for burning 250 to 400 calories in your workout through this hypertrophic training and then burn more calories through everyday life. Now we want to move on to how can you get started with hypertrophy style training. Um, I did post a link in this um, to my video.co, my LinkedIn bio, that has a whole bunch of workout programs that you can follow. But like I said, that it's actually kind of easy to style your workouts with this method because you're just going to go from one exercise to the next to the next, do three to four sets in each place, and focus on that good tempo and trying to do six to 12 reps. Um, 
if you're comfortable enough in the gym, all you got to do is change your program style in order to do that. But if you want some more guidance, obviously you can reach out to me on Colin. I'm also on Instagram at John Williams XYZ. And again, if you want just somebody to give you a program, um, you can go buy one on Fidio. Uh, and I have one, I think it's specifically called Hypertrophy. Then I also have one called Strength that's a little bit more for strength. Uh, but it also has a, a nice little couple of weeks of a hypertrophy block in there too. So getting started with this muscle building training, especially because it's the most common style of training. Like if you go into the gym, you're going to see that most people are doing this. Now that you're a little more aware, you're like, oh yeah, most people are doing one exercise, then resting, another exercise, then resting. They're doing about three to four sets and then they're moving on. So you can just go around and look at somebody who has the physique that you want and be like, hey, can I follow you around for a day? Um, if you don't want to go and, and buy a program or um, you don't want to go at it alone. So those would be the easiest ways to get started with this hypertrophy training. And again, I think it's the type of training that most people should be doing most of the time. You can go up in a phase, right? You can go to a strength phase. You can go back to a strength endurance phase. These are two things that we'll talk about later. But most of your time, if you're mostly focused on looking good, feeling good, having good movement patterns, then you're going to spend most of your time doing hypertrophy. That is it. Uh, what I'll do now that I've sort of started on this train is the next episode is going to be about uh, muscular endurance, how to improve that, and how to train for that. This is when we're going to talk about high-intensity interval training. We're going to talk about cardio training um, and why you would want to do those things over doing hypertrophy training or why you'd want to do them in conjunction with hypertrophy training. And then the episode after that, we'll talk about uh, training for strength and power, which is one of my favorite things per personally is being strong and being powerful and explosive. But that is it for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you in the next one.